You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with today's guest, John Costanzo, president of PureLater International. U.S. retailers are increasingly looking north to Canada as a source for growth and liking what they see. A country of millions of consumers who've largely embraced e-commerce and are big fans of U.S. brands and goods. But before attempting to penetrate the Canadian market, there are several factors that need to be considered. John Costanzo joins us to talk about the pitfalls that U.S. companies should look for if they want to succeed in Canada. Today, we're pleased to have with us an expert in the U.S.-Canadian logistics process, Mr. John Costanzo, president of PureLater International, the U.S. subsidiary of Canada's largest integrated freight and parcel solutions company, PureLater Inc. He'll be able to shed some light on some current trends in Canadian e-commerce expectations, especially with regard to critical last-mile services. John Costanzo, thank you so much for taking some time to speak with the inbound logistics audience today. Great, Jeff. Thank you. Uh, Good to be with you today. It's great to have you. John, let's start off with a quick overview of the Canadian market. What do U.S. businesses need to know before they even think of selling to Canadian consumers? Yeah, well, I think the first thing uh, U.S. companies that are looking to do business in Canada need to know, it's a great opportunity. There are 36 million people uh, living in Canada. It's a large country, but uh, equal to California, which has uh, 39 million citizens. So uh, it's a great market, great opportunity for anyone looking to uh, market their product in Canada. Is that right? Really? 36 million plus people? Uh, Yeah, it's about 36 million people, I think, the last count. A large country uh, in terms of population. Uh, Put it another way, as I mentioned, Canada is equal to the size of California, which is a for most U.S.-based companies, and not, not many think of Canada uh, as being that large an opportunity. It's, and the other thing I think that's also to keep in mind is, although it's a large uh, market, 80% of those people within about 100 miles of the U.S. border, so they're easily accessible for most uh, distribution centers down here in the States. What about the state of e-commerce itself in Canada? Are there things that U.S. businesses need to take into account before delving into that aspect of it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, there's a few things to keep in mind about Canada. Although it is uh, culturally and economically very closely tied to the United States, it is a bilingual country. So uh, if you're entering the market, marketing your services yeah, in terms of uh, you know dual uh, language uh, platforms, uh, it's not only a, uh, a good thing to do for marketing purposes, but it's actually a requirement by uh, provincial law. So that's one issue to keep in mind. The other is that it does have its own currency. It's also called the dollar, but it's a Canadian dollar, so it's different currency, and you have to work through that uh, uh, as sort of basic uh, tenants before you uh, begin to market. It also should be aware Canadians are very smart consumers. They do homework, uh, and they like shopping online. Uh, just last year, though, about 20, only about 46% of Canadian retailers had an online presence, so that, that provides a great opportunity, we think, for U.S. market their service to the Canadian consumer. Uh, you know, they look, as a result of that, to other places, and of course, since the language uh, is pretty much uh, common, and uh, a language, common language, uh, Canadians want to buy everything we buy, uh, they look to the United States uh, websites for opportunities to buy products they can't easily uh, uh, access up in Canada. But it hasn't always been smooth sailing for U.S. retailers, though, correct? Yeah, that's true. Uh, companies like J. Crew uh, actually had to issue an apology after Canadian consumers complained that they failed to offer the kind of merchandise they offered on their U.S. websites. And, and at similar prices, they had to adjust and uh, uh, redirect their efforts. Uh, Zappos actually announced a few years ago that they pulled out of the Canadian market because they couldn't uh, 
they couldn't obtain uh, distribution agreements that would uh, meet their customer experience requirements. And I think uh, everyone's fairly familiar with Target's uh, problems in uh, entering the market uh, and struggling a bit with uh, inventory choices, particularly with related to their apparel sales. There is more competition, but I think probably U.S. retailers here have a, a bit of a jump and an opportunity to uh, to uh, succeed in the market. And despite that, the top eight e-commerce sites in Canada are all subsidiaries of U.S. companies, right? Uh, it's true. Uh, yeah, Amazon, Apple, eBay, Costco, etc., are significant players in the market uh, here in the states as well as in Canada. But Canadian retailers are catching up pretty quickly. So uh, anybody thinking about entering that market need to move. Uh, quickly to uh, ensure they get a share of that segment before uh, before the retailers in Canada. It's going to be a tough market eventually. It is it is today. It's a very competitive market, but it's just going to get tougher over the next several years. So I think anyone thinking about entering that market, it's probably a good window of opportunity now to uh, to make that move. Now, with a company like Amazon, has Amazon had the same transformative impact in Canada as it has here in the U.S.? Absolutely. Amazon has invested heavily in Canada and has certainly been growing very quickly over the last several years. I think uh, last year, I believe I read recently that there was an 80% growth among Canadians on the Amazon Prime program. So that Amazon effect, as we call it here in the States, certainly is uh, having its day in Canada as well. Speaking of that Amazon effect, what do Canadians expect actually, when it comes to their online transactions, specifically with regards to delivery and fulfillment? Well, the big elephant in the room, of course, is free shipping. Um, you know, we've done some surveying, and I've, I've read other surveys uh, recently that, that indicate that 64% of online shoppers in Canada say that uh, they've abandoned an online cart because of uh, additional shipping costs. About half, or a little more than half, said they jumped to a competitor offered free shipping. So free shipping is becoming a very important part of the experience in Canada. And there's a, a bunch of reasons for that. And remember, there's a border between us and Canada, although economic ties and uh, regulatory uh, regimes, so to speak, are, are pretty highly aligned. Uh, you know, it still is a separate country. There's a border to cross and regulations to follow. And, you know, if you make a delivery to a Canadian consumer from the States and at the door somebody is trying to collect uh, duty and tax, that experience is not quite what they like, and uh, I think uh, you'd want to deliver. So so uh, that's one of the the elements, I think, that has to be factored into how a company enters the market in order to make sure that experience is, uh, is almost identical, in fact, is identical to the experience a U.S. consumer would, uh, would experience. Yeah, I believe you referenced a Deloitte holiday survey that kind of bolsters the uh, information behind that. Sure thing, yeah. Yeah, most, you know, 215, this was, most consumers said that uh, within three to four days was acceptable. Uh, however, just uh, a year later, the overwhelming consensus by most consumers is that fast shipping meant two days. And we certainly see that from our clients here in the States uh, that uh, looking for two days. And that includes, uh, in many cases, the border experience, meaning moving it from the States into Canada and delivering. We do that quite a bit. We, we have the ability to deliver uh, that quickly. Uh, we've got access to the greatest uh, two networks. So we've been able to leverage that. That's both Pure Leaders Network, of course, which is high speed and meets that need directly, and uh, Canada Post for customers that are willing to wait a few more days for delivery and uh, feel price is more important. We can leverage that network. And many of these fulfillment expectations fall into the category of last mile services. 
Can you talk about the uniquely Canadian factors that can affect a retailer's ability to deliver on those last-mile expectations? Well, the first one, I think, is the one I just mentioned, is uh, that uh, if uh, somebody shows up at the door and says, uh, by the way, you owe me this much uh, for uh, delivery for the clearance fees that we just incurred, uh, that's not going to create a very good experience. So building those costs into the shopping cart uh, for a retail or e-commerce company are absolutely critical uh, for succeeding in the Canadian market. You know, the end delivery piece, the in Canada sometimes is, is as much as 80% of the total cost of uh, delivery of an item. Uh, so uh, it is a critical part of the, uh, the supply chain. Uh, you know, the one thing you have to think about is Canada's a uh, it's larger in mass than the United States uh, and uh, 100 million people, although most of them are living along the border, there's some pretty remote areas in Canada that are not as easy or difficult. There are weather differences uh, in the northern markets uh, and even on the eastern part of the country that can be challenging. So having a company that uh, is more nationally oriented and has a footprint across that and, and understands how to deal in the market is pretty important. What, what we've seen over the last five years, maybe even less, three to five years, is our e-commerce customers and our retailers are looking at us as part of the customer experience, not just sort of the delivery company. And uh, how we get a shipment to their customer and uh, the interface we have with their IT systems so that they can provide tracking and pre-notification advice is absolutely critical and, and, and we're viewed as a part of that experience. I can't tell you a number of times we get a call from someone saying, about the you know the information or they received in the shopping cart, which obviously we don't have anything to do with, but the consumer consumer looks at us as a part and parcel of the experience they've uh, they've purchased from the e-commerce firm or retailer. So geography is very important, uh, as well as I mentioned. Um, you know, I also think that you know customers are, are becoming more. Um, selective in where they want that package delivered. So uh, many of our clients are opting, obviously, to deliver to their home. Uh, and remember, in Canada, the, there's home delivery is facilitated to a degree, to a large degree, by delivery to a community mailbox, which uh, some people are uh, not so positive, but in Canada, it's pretty, pretty positive. Uh, these mailboxes are accessible to 65%, I think, of the Canadian population. They tend to be like a parcel locker at the end of the the neighborhood uh, street and easily accessible. So delivery to the home includes that benefit uh, it, when using a Canada Post service, for example, or our Pure Post service, as we call it. Um, but uh, our Pure Later team obviously delivers to the home as well, more initially. So that option is, is one of the options customers are opting for more often. But they also want to be able to pick that up at one of our retail centers or our depots in Canada. Uh, or sometimes uh, redirect shipments to their office. So selection of uh, location is becoming another factor to keep in mind and the ability to to offer that and work with a logistics provider like ours that, that can offer that type of service. What about expectations for specialized last-mile services? Is that something that's becoming increasingly more important? Certainly for companies that are providing uh, consumer goods like um, you know, washers, dryers, or items that need to be uh, delivered to the home, unpacked, uh, installed perhaps, or set up at least, those are becoming obviously much more important, and particularly those companies, uh, you know, customers are no longer only buying that from their local 
retailer and and uh, who does that delivery and installation, but they're buying online and expect that experience to be identical. So, uh, working with a company that can help arrange those services obviously very important. And uh, what's sometimes referred to as white glove service is also becoming uh, a, is a pretty fast growing market. We have a sister company that provides those services for our customers within within the group of companies. Uh, and um, those services are very, very important, particularly for high-tech, fragile shipments that uh, need to be handled with care. Speaking of handling with care, what about the returns process? How important is that as part of the last-mile expectation? Yes. You know, uh, it used to be, a question used to be, should I, how do I handle or should I handle returns? It's, not, it's no longer should I, it's how you have to. Because in e-commerce... You know, the returns rate, unfortunately, is higher. People uh, sometimes, as I think we all know, order a couple of items to see which one they like when it arrives at their door, and uh, and then it becomes a return. So we have to think through. And uh, the other complication for returns for U.S. companies that are serving the market is if you plan to, whether you plan to keep that return inventory in Canada or bring it back down to the United States, and if so, it has to clear customs again coming down. So we've worked very hard with our uh, e-commerce uh, and retailers uh, here in the States is to make sure that all the mechanics of uh, getting that shipment back in through U.S. customs are set up so the returns uh, clearance across the border, seamless, easy, and there's no delay. We've had one client that came to us uh, that wasn't a customer yet who had over 100 skids uh, of uh, material stuck in Canada and needed help to get it out because they hadn't thought through that in advance. So uh, returns is critical. The other thing to think about uh, is, uh, you know, do you restock those items in Canada and refulfill the orders from Canada? We Certainly we can help with that, but working with a logistics provider I think is also important because says it's expensive to bring those items back down if there's no need to. So thinking through that is critical. Um, the ease of returning uh, an item as well. Uh, we have Canada Post's uh, retail drop centers and facilities around the country. We have over 6,000, almost 7,000 centers around the country that Canadians can reach. In fact, I think every center we have is within three kilometers of a uh, Canadian consumer, so it makes that pretty convenient. Uh, that may not sound like uh, a big issue, but if uh, you're in the middle of uh, you know, uh, a pretty cold environment and you've got to get a package back, uh, that's a pretty important consideration to think about uh, on returns. Visibility is also important. You know, it's, it's important for the consumer to be able to know where their package is coming in for delivery, but for the retailer receiving returns, knowing where that return is when it was received is also critical. Uh, we've invested, obviously, in, in technology that uh, will interface with uh, the inventory management that is of our clients, and I think that's also to think about. Yeah, it seems like U.S. retailers have a lot at stake when it comes to getting that last mile component correct. Do you have any advice for helping them ensure some success in that area? Yeah, I think it's very important to think ahead of time You know about uh, the market, just as you would any uh, international market. It's not as complex, right? But language, uh, for the most part, is not a major barrier. The uh, the regulatory regime between the States and Canada, which, by the way, is the largest trading bloc, uh, meaning or the two largest trading partners in the world. Um, everybody thinks China, obviously, is the largest, but China is the largest uh, or the, the main country we all import although the U.S. for Canadians uh, still a significant 
uh, import market. Uh, it's also a big export market. So the trading block between the U.S. and Canada is very strong. Uh, but thinking about all the issues ahead of just talked about with clearance, returns, uh, you know, providing the right experience in the Canadian market, I think, is a well well worth the time uh, and investment to do. Uh, it isn't uh, the 51st state. It's another country. <laughs> it's important to uh, to prepare properly and get the advice of a good logistics partner when you do. Now, where do the benefits of technology in that last mile process come in? Well, you know, it's... Uh, As it is in the States, you know, unless you want to set up a pretty significantly sized uh, customer service function uh, at high expense, you're going to have to provide visibility into the movement of that package and and work with a company that's invested in technology like ours to ensure that uh, customers can access information on where their package is at any given time, day or night, uh, in our tracking system. Uh, They can uh, also uh, contact us to redirect delivery uh, through our call centers in Canada. So it, it saves uh, time and money, but I think more importantly, it's it's all about that experience and technology is the game changer today for any anybody seriously thinking about entering uh, this segment. So to play off of that, with technology like drones and autonomous trucks and self-driving vehicles, Jeff Bezos has said that he imagines a world where Delivery drones will be as common as today's delivery trucks and vans. When you take into account Canada's geography and things like that, is that something that will be coming into play sooner rather than later? Yeah, you know, I'm certainly not going to question Jeff Bezos' judgment and business acumen. I think he's uh, uh, taught all of us what uh, this business can be and is all about. Uh, You know, I find it hard to believe they'll be flying downtown Toronto or Manhattan anytime soon, right? (laughs) But, you know, for some of the remote areas, certainly is a lot of logic, particularly up in territories in Canada where uh, you you could have a central, so to speak, hub or truck operating with drones, perhaps feeding into remote areas. And, And I see some of that. There's testing. I think licenses for drones are much higher in Canada because of that. Um, There's folks applying for that right. Uh, but I, I think, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I, I won't probably be the best uh, judge of where that will all end up. I think there's more likelihood, uh, to be honest, though, in driverless vehicles. Main reason being, uh, I'm sure you know, that uh, the driver shortage for long-haul drivers is becoming uh, pretty pretty bad, and uh, we're going to have to solve that problem. Uh, there's also uh, now increased reporting requirements for long-haul drivers, uh, even short-haul, to log that Right, so we're seeing more pressure on carriers to uh, to develop ways to to reduce the cost of operating. So I think you'll see that before drones, probably. But I think maybe you should ask Mr. Bezos his opinion. He seems pretty good about that. <laughs> That's probably stage advice, John. Where can our audience go to learn more about Purelator's capabilities? Sure. So our website, uh, Purelator. Uh, uh, international.com has got uh, a lot of information on what we just discussed. Uh, we're also on LinkedIn, Pure Later International again, and Twitter and uh, Facebook. We're in all the usual places uh, and pretty easily accessible. Great. John Costanzo, so much good information about U.S. Canadian logistics. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk with the inbound logistics audience. Thank you, Jeff. I enjoyed it as well. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash getil. That's bit.ly slash get 
underscore IL and stay ahead of the 3PL game. The Inbound Logistics Podcast is a production of Inbound Logistics Magazine. For the most in-depth information around logistics, transportation, and supply chain practices, get your free print and digital subscription at inboundlogistics.com slash subscribe. Connect with us via LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for the most current developments in the industry. If you'd like to leave us some feedback or have a topic you'd like to see covered in a future episode, call our dialogue line at 888-878-3247 or leave us an email at podcast at inboundlogistics.com. I'm your host, Jeff Vita. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time here on the Inbound Logistics Podcast.